There are so many podcasts in the world, and not enough time to listen to them. Some sound professionally made, some sound like a hot mess, and some just sound made up. On our show, we invite a guest to bring a lesser-known podcast they've recently been listening to. But here's the catch. It doesn't exist. We use this information as the suggestion for an improv show. And in the editing room, we make the improvised podcast sound as real as possible. And that's how it works. This is Made Up Talk Show. Mark, Mark, he looks like a shark. He swims in the water and he doesn't know where to park. Mark. Jess, Jess, she is the best. If I only had one guest to say who's wearing that dress, I'd say Jess. Oh my gosh. Wow, we need to take this show on the road. We do the second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fantastic. All right. Well, Mark, let's hear a two-sentence life update from there, uh, buddy boy. Going to go upstate this weekend for a little getaway. Wow. Number one. And number two, got a new phone. Nice. Uh, I would love to ask you about the specs of that phone, details, Android or iPhone, even though I pretty much can suspect which one it's going to be with you. I can't uh, say. But Sorry. I can say. Two, that, for that would violate the uh, knowledge of the two sentence, the knowledge, the, the, the proceeds. The knowledge law? that comes from understanding the legality of the two sentence update. That's correct. Speaking uh, of which, let me uh, fire that right back at you. Give me two sentences on how you been. I so I got a new dentist. Oh. Uh, second sentence. Um, I ate a lot of cookies. <laughs> I, I feel like these those two are related. <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are. Uh, I wish I could but, tell you more uh, yeah, about yeah. cookies. And, I truly uh, love hearing new dentist recommendations. Uh, oh, I'm gonna give of, you one, uh, but well, not I, I, right now. Not now. Not yeah. Sorry. Not Listeners, here, if you have uh, tooth problems, <laughs> sorry, we can't help you. This is the wrong podcast. Uh, please go ahead and email madeuptalkshow at gmail.com. Um, or if you have updates on on Richard, uh, he got the yet he caught the Yeti and uh, sent a passenger pigeon to us. But since um, I haven't heard many updates, I've I've heard a rumbling uh, from deep within the earth, but I haven't seen anything much. Mark, have you gotten any updates recently? Yeah, I was under the impression that Richard and the Yeti have since become best friends mm. and are now going on their own sort of like magical adventures. Wow. Um, yeah, I believe they are now going uh, beneath the crust of the earth to uh, visit the mole people. That's amazing. And uh, th- so this is Richard, our uh, our beloved co-host. Uh, he's he's out for a little bit on a Yeti adventure. Uh, Mark has been so kind as to uh, fill those big old shoes and he's doing such a fabulous job and we love him so much. Um, we have a very beloved segment on this show. Now, as we all know, Mark has crushed a slow-acting cyanide tooth that will ultimately mm-hmm. take his life. Uh, and he is, has made me the executor of his estate, and I will receive all of his uh, be- earthly belongings after he passes. Um, but we have a double or nothing promise on the line here, which yes. was requested by Mark last week. And this is d- Mark's double or nothing promise. In 30 seconds, I need Mark to give me Mark's 
rueful regrets. Mark's <laughs> rueful regrets. Something in your life that you regret. Uh, uh, I will say it could be as small as a hole in the sock or as big as a life decision. Any regret that you'd like to share, but it must be a complete regret within 30 seconds. Uh, or I will have to, we said double or nothing, so I have to take all of your family's wealth in addition to your wealth. Um, but the nothing meaning that my family can inherit my wealth after mm-hmm. death. Yes. And Jessica is going to dedicate the rest of her life to finding the cure for slow-acting cyanide. <laughs> that will—that is the double or nothing deal that we have that we have struck upon. So, whenever you're ready, Mark's rueful regrets. Thirty seconds, and go. Oh, I, I guess, if, you know, gun to the head. Wow, I was not expecting <laughs> to share a personal regret, and with so much on the line. You know, you know, I guess uh, I'm going to go meta on this. But a big regret was when I said, oh, no, at the end of this segment two weeks ago that pushed me over the edge. And even more so last week when I made a bit by saying it was an advice bit. I said, and never say, oh, no, at the end because you might go over. Uh, and they, that also made me whatever. But not this time. No regrets today. OK. All right, Mark. All right. You did it, Mark. Uh. All right, I'm going to go ahead and rip up this document that I have that says that I am uh, inheriting all your wealth and that I am going to uh, and I'm going to go and get a PhD in biochemistry uh, immediately after this so that I may save your life from that slow acting cyanide. Thank goodness. Does this mean we can go back to the the dream journal (laughs) pending uh, (laughs) Richard's return from his fantastic adventures with Bigfoot? We'll see. Uh, before that, though, we have to uh, introduce our fabulous and much-honored guest. His name is Ed. Is Ed. it Sean? Ed. Ed. Is it Sean Ed. for Edward? Ed. Or is Ed. it Sean for Edmund? I'm betting that it's Sean for Edward. Ed. Miller. Ed. Bom, bom. Bom, Why bom. don't you go by Eddie? Bom, 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 bom. Jess and Mark, it is Ed, and it's short for Ed. Word. Ah, yes. Well played. Well played. Well played. So happy to be here, guys. I'm so excited. Happy to have you. So happy to have you. Now, this is uh, Ed Miller, who is an improvisor from uh, Improv Dinosaur. Improv Dinosaur. Improv Dinosaur. Uh, uh, Improvisaurus Rex. Through Maggie, a previous guest of a bike pod, uh, uh, she and he did improv together in Seoul, South Korea, and we where got we to spend met some Maggie. time. Yes, where we met Maggie. So we got to spend some time with him recently when Maggie was in town, seeing many a Broadway show. Yeah, it was so fun to, to hang out with you guys. We saw some. Uh, we saw one. I saw one really fun show with you guys. Mm-hmm. The old David Byrne. Um, mm. That was fun, and we hung out and ate Korean food, and it was a lot of fun. Oh. And saw, Jessica, your fabulous, fabulous apartment. Oh, my gosh. One part of which you can see right now, my fabulous shoe closet. I did Um, not get to see that closet. That's why I'm so (laughs) excited to be on the show today. (laughs) Yes. So, um, Ed, what was it like doing improv in Korea? What was it like doing improv in Korea? It's a great question. Um, Mm. I found, listen, I found there was such a English, people hungering for English entertainment that if Mm. you pretty much, you know, put a rock on a table and talked about it in English, people would come and pay $10 to see it because there weren't a lot of options. That's not setting the bar a little low. However, I will say it was so much fun. Maggie was great. I was part of the initial group over there of Mm. the uh, Soul City Improv group. And we had so much fun in those different places that we played in the ET1 area. It was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. And what have you uh, what have you up to these days? You are a, now a Pennsylvania-based 
comedian and performer and also podcast host. Dare we say? Yes, I do. I do do that. Yes, I am located in the fantabulous capital of Pennsylvania, Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am in year two of a podcast I'm doing with my dear friend, Jared Delaney uh, from Philadelphia. And we're doing a podcast called When Doves Podcast, which is the two of us walking chronologically through Prince, the artist, the musician, his full studio catalog which is 39 albums worth of stuff to talk about wow so much 39 albums that's like 120 songs i think it's 17 songs actually in a weird way yeah there's just like yeah there's like part one of a song and it goes over maybe 10 or 12 albums but it's it's really fun to do wow that sounds great and um what are you doing right now which which album are you on what kind of songs are you talking about we are on the album is 1996 release called Emancipation, which mm-hmm. that ends up being three episodes because it was a triple album. That's the other thing with wow. Prince. Like he had a Ooh. lot of m- by far the most prolific artists we've probably seen in the last, say, 50 years. And where can uh, what um, what inspired you and your partner to do this podcast when Dove's podcast? I've been a Prince fan since 1980. Um, so mm-hmm. I've, I've been, a, I'm a huge Prince fan. I've seen him like 12 times. Um, I have all of his albums. Jared, my friend, Jared, he's more just like a music head. Like he's really into mm-hmm. music. He's into music, like literature and writing and critical reviews. He's appreciative of Prince's music, but he's not like a diehard fan. So I think we're a nice counter. So we're not like just blessing and genuflecting to every track mm-hmm. that we listen to. We actually do throw out some criticisms and trust me, we get a lot of blowback <laughs> from those Prince fans out there who are like, are you really Prince fans? Because you're criticizing the music. And we're like, yeah. We are. Everyone knows when you like something, you have to like it without reserve, without comment, 100%, yes. no critique whatsoever. Done. And you know, in many countries, criticizing the royal family does bring about the death penalty. <laughs> yeah. Have you That's traveled to point. such co- countries, Mark? <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, modern countries, I think, have, um, if not the death penalty, then, a you know, I mean, spanking, a stern spanking, yeah, a stern spanking, yeah, 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 exactly. Are you listening? What, what are some other podcasts you might recommend to somebody who might like your podcast, for example? You know, honestly, I'm so like behind the times with these podcasts. I am still listening and still watching. I'm watching my mother and I. We're, mm-hmm. we're close. You and your um, mom are super close. We're close. Mm-hmm. Um, we are on our fifth uh, travel around the West Wing universe on, on HBO Max. Wow. So we wa- we just continuously watch West Wing <laughs> over and over again. And just to make it even crazier, I listen to the West Wing Weekly, um, um, which that? is a review which is a review of the episode. So I'll watch an episode and I'll go back. And one of the guys who was an actor on the show and another gentleman, they actually review each episode. So I'll actually follow up a review, a watching of the episode, which a review of the episode. And of course they bring on, you know, Bradley Whitford and, and different Aaron Sorkin and different folks onto that podcast. I like it. Do you listen to the podcast more than once? Yes, I do. Wow. <laughs> uh, That's a whole thing. I like your dedication. Uh, That's a lot. About the old and the comfortable, I guess, in my uh, <laughs> in my great. advanced age. Yeah. So uh, I believe you brought us a less listened to, more obscure podcast for us to listen to today. I yeah, there's a podcast I'm really into, and it's called Music Literally. And mm. what they do is they actually this this team of folks they they look at a song title and they bring researchers in and other special guests to explore that title song as though taking it literally. Hmm. Hmm. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of anything like this. Mark, have you? Neither have I. No, I, I'm really excited. 
Great. Well, let's take a listen. Welcome to the wonderful world of music literally, where we stand firm against the tyranny of poetic language, by which we mean we're literally standing as we made this podcast. We dive into the true meaning behind such classics as Rock Me Amadeus, which is based about a festival in Austria where people dress as Mozart and throw stones at each other, and the other classic, if not the best classic, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car, which is about the tragic side effects of ambient. We're your hosts, Jerry Steelfox, Marie Janet, and Spencer Kilpatrick. Let's rock, literally. Hello and welcome to Music Literally. I am one of your hosts, Jerry Steelfox. And I'm one of your hosts, Maria Gong Gong. Hey ho, that's a hey joke. Not, uh, gong Gong, that's a joke. The joke uh, is people usually play the gong when I go on there. That's, that's what makes it funny. I'm actually Maria uh, Janet. Uh, Maria Janet is my name, and uh, I wish people would play that gong. I've been asking for this to be more of a morning show flavor, but uh, nobody will do it. Guys, why won't you play the damn gong? Well, uh, this is your third host, Spencer Kilpatrick, <laughs> and I am just... So happy every single week that I get to spend time with my two best friends and Aww. discuss. Aww, Stop you're it. so you're so winner. <laughs> Killjoy, kill Patrick. <laughs> Thanks. You see, both of us are kind of on on board with this, but but Spence, you know what? You're a great guy, and, and we love you. But uh, but but uh, we wish you were a little bit more fun. It's always sentimental with you. Um, and speaking of sentiment, uh, what's your what's your song of the week, Bud? Which Bud? Whatever Bud afraid? wants to answer. <laughs> dun, 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 your best dun. Bud or maybe your second best Bud? Uh, how about you there, Spence? What's your number one? I, I do first want to point out, uh, Maria, that I am inspired by you every single time oh, that you make geez. those ad hoc <laughs> like radio disc jockey. <laughs> if you're listening at home, you might not know that that was not a professionally... <laughs> edited sound effect that was maria actually making the sound with her mouth and you can't see this we're in the recording studio she moved her hand back and <laughs> forth as though on a turntable uh but yes as for the song that i brought today for us to investigate in a literal manner i brought when doves cry <laughs> oh all oh, right oh i never heard Very of that song nice. yeah okay so uh, i assume we'll be speaking to an ornithologist Yes, I have reached out to an ornithology professor from the University of New Mexico at Santa Fe. I have also taken the liberty to discuss with the president of the American Bird Watchers Association, a loose confederacy of individuals who watch birds, to discuss what it when do doves cry under what circumstances great uh sounds fantastic all right my now my real best friend why don't you share yours we are gonna look at a song called pour some sugar on me mm. and it's Sounds gonna be amazing unhygienic. it is so we have a bunch of different folks we have my favorite skinologist her name is sally 
Samchin, and mm -hmm. Sally Samchin is going to be talking about how what the effect of sugar is on the skin and how it could actually be a moisturizing effect on the skin. Um, we also have Dr. Dumuch. So Dr. Dumuch is also he's a cardiovascular surgeon over at Einstein Medical Center, and he's going to be talking about what that sugar level of being poured on can do to a person's body. All right, this sounds like an amazing lineup, guys. I'm going to go ahead and whoop, 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 take the lead. And I'm going to go ahead and play my on-the-street segment where I went and interviewed part-time zombies for mine, a zombie song by the Cranberries. All right, let's play the tape. All right. Hi, guys. So, of course, we're here at the local uh, zombie uh, corral where we have a bunch of zombies in here. I think I'll speak to one of the zombie... Uh, uh, what, the, what do they call them? Zombie uh, cowboys here <laughs> to, to, yep. to, to speak Zom to them. Zomboys. Yeah, the zomboys over here. Uh, and to ask them about this song. So, um, uh, howdy there, partner. Can I have a word? Sure. Let's saddle on up, miss. All right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I, I, I'm wondering, uh, I, I know that, that when uh, when Dolores wrote the song Zombie, it's a very emotional, heartfelt song. A lot of it references World War I. Uh, but but, uh, but I, I, believe, I believe in my heart of hearts that it truly is about real zombies. And how do you feel about that? First, we weren't asked. Were we asked, Joey, that we could permission to be using our names of the zombies or the zombie cowboys and put that on a record? Especially when with our own personal musical tastes, which are very different than those cranberries. No, we're more an acoustic folk type folk around these her parts. Yeah, I'm more like deep house. I like kind of house music, but... Also, what he just said. So, so I most people in the mainstream media believe that the zombie song is a protest song, and you're saying that it's you're saying that it's not that it's actually uh, taking advantage of you and and uh, and your your message and your image. Bah, 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 bah. What was that sound you just <laughs> made, Missy? <laughs> Well, you see, I, I, I'm really trying to, well, this is my own personal thing, I'm trying to make this into more of a morning zoo sort of a show where, uh, where you have sound effects and stuff. I'm really hoping that somebody fixes that in post. Uh, but uh, but anyway, so uh, so yeah, you're, uh, you're, you're basically saying that this has nothing to do with protests, nothing to do about the Warrington bombings of 1993. Uh, not, it's not a masterpiece of an alternative rock. It's basically uh, taking advantage of your, uh, of your lifestyle. Is that right? What you don't realize is when we eat the brain, we eat all of the things. We eat the war world war one right we eat your memories too all the memories are eaten and we live the memories when we eat what's in your head that does make sense i have i would i would ask you to stay a little bit uh, away from me you guys are entering a little bit uh close uh to me which i don't appreciate um pardon us little missy all right. Well, <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, well, I'm wondering here. I, I know that you're that the the song uh, "Zombie" has been uh, censored quite a lot, especially uh, on the eve of the outbreak of the War of Iraq, and it was placed on a blacklist of songs with a lot of censorship. And so, I'm wondering, do you ever feel censored uh, as a people, as a group, uh, as uh, zombies, particularly cowboy zombies? Was that? Uh, I, I I can't. What was that sound? <laughs> Imagine a little bicycle horn. That was what kind of in my mind what that would have been. Uh, that that they have censorship in your head. head. Yes, yes. Do you feel uh, censored, uh, held back? I do a bit. I remember when I gave my TED talk 
um, wow. a while back. They only let me on stage for about a minute and a half. Um, so I felt like I was being censored there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I gave my dead talk. And then I wasn't censored for being a zombie. I was censored for the the cowboy half of my persona. Oh. Y'all. It's a difficult... This is where the morning zoo, that's where we bring in a little bit of a zombie, you know, a zombie mix of a Wild West tune. Yeah, it is tough to be a zombie who's also... A cowboy on this here zombie ranch. On <laughs> the zombie ranch, yes. <laughs> One more question for you, boys, before I let you get back to these cattle. Um, a few lyrics. Uh, it's the same old theme since 1916. In your head, in your head, they're still fighting with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. How does this relate to the zombie experience? It's about sex. Okay, that's surprising. How elaborate? Well, I think Joey would agree that we look uh-huh. at how you make you might call making love as sort of being in the trenches. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and it. And mm-hmm. ahead can be a euphemism for. Uh, sex of the oral variety. Okay. <laughs> Not very much to do with zombies, but, but, uh, but just it's generally. in your head. Not right. every time you hear that is it about your brains. Sometimes it is about oral sex. And I also am just now realizing you were earlier in the bit referring to the cowboys. What's a what bit? Corral. bit, bit. <laughs> this, this earlier in this segment... I, I, I don't know your fancy city terms for <laughs> entertainment. You were referring to the cowboys who corral us zombies. <laughs> that may but be what I also meant, but. Cowboys. <laughs> that may be what I meant, but here we are now, and, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> a bit of a hat on a hat, you might say, but. but uh, you mean this <laughs> hat that's in on my head? <laughs> All right, thanks, boys. So, as you can see, I got a lot of uh, great intel from those uh, uh, zombie cowboys. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's basically what I learned about the true and uh, literal meaning of the the cowboy song "Zombie." Wow, I learn from you every single day, Maria. Uh, you make wah, me a bu- such a downer. Killjoy, Patrick, come on. Hang on, hang on. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, I can't make a good fart sound. <laughs> hey, let me try, let me try. You can make a great fart sound if you put your mind to it. Oh, look <laughs> at that. <laughs> you two, very good at this. two we'll of my best up. friends working together to make fart sounds. All right, well, who would like to share their next one? We, we have When Doves Cry and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. Who would like to play their segment first? I would never, ever cut in front of my friend co-host and would be best man at my what this is the day kilpatrick where you do that like you need to step up today and take initiative and go just go we've been saying this for weeks just go go. you do it just go do it do it do it do it you know what with the inspiration that you two have inspired i feel emboldened let's do it 
Let's talk to the leading professor of avian studies at the University of New Mexico at Santa Fe and the president of America, the American Bird Watchers Association, and talk All about when doves cry. All right, I'll go ahead and play the tape. Thank you both so much for joining me. I know that in both of your positions, you must not have a lot of spare time. I know that time is one of the most meaningful resources that we have available to us. So just from the bottom of my heart, thank you both so much for doing this interview. Ah, yes. That's a pleasure. Just like the Columbide, the uh, Latin word for dove. I am happy oh, wow. to spend my Columbi day with you. Thank you so much. I just learned something. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's great to be here uh, doing some bird. I usually I'm out doing the bird watching. You know, I like to do that. And we have um, I like I have little binoculars that I bring with me, and it's great to bring them all here. And I love to talk about birds and watching birds. And it's just great to have a forum like this to do. And I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thank you for thanking me. It's great to have both sides, both beautiful perspectives here. One of learned high academia and the other of the, you know, the, the everyman. You know, the, just the person on the street or in the woods watching birds. So tell me, when do doves cry? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take a shot. Uh, so... As you know, very young doves are called squabs. That is the child. I did not know that. Thank squab. you. Yes. And as my uh, colleague here, I think you said your name was Dr. Dr. Yarn. Is that your name? Yes, Yarn. Dr. Yarn. Yes. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that sometimes squabs, being very delicate, will fall out of the nest and be crushed by a foot or a, a creature, maybe a fox. And I would say that would certainly cause a dove to cry. Makes sense. I've had a little different experience. I, I usually, it's usually, I think, when I catch them and they're a little embarrassed. You know, when I'm watching them and they're just not ready for someone to be looking at them. And they maybe they're hanging out with a group of people, right? And one of the doves maybe trips and falls. And the other doves are kind of looking at them and laughing. And then I see it happen. And then I can see some tears flowing down the dove's face, the little face of the dove. Can I be honest with you, Dr. Yarn? I wish you would. That happens to me so often. Really? So I do this show with two other people. <laughs> They're my best friends. That's so, that sounds wonderful. That sounds so nice. Mm, I think so, too. I'm grateful every day. But sometimes I'll trip or have a minor bluster, and then they'll start, like, putting their mouth against their forearms and making <laughs> heart sounds, and they both do oh, it. Oh, how cruel. Oh yeah, Aww. and they don't see it, but I I cry then. So I wow, wow. I, May I ask? I, oh, go I, ahead. I was just gonna say, in some bird circles, and the doctor could join me on this. A mm. lot of birds will make that kind of noise as a sound of affection. Oh, it's yes. sort of like yeah, like the bird of paradise, and other birds like that. They'll make a noise like a fart sound, and it means I really want to sleep with you in a threesome. Huh. So doctor, so that's what you're saying, doctor. Doctor Needle, has that also been? In your you're saying that that could be a sign of affection? Well, let me show some you something. I have I have a beautiful dove here, right here. It's a wood pigeon. Oh, it's a my wood goodness. Pigeon. Here we go. 
Now, as you can see here, the dove's crop, which is part of the bird's esophagus that stores food, secretes a substance that resembles cottage cheese. This is called dove's milk. I love cottage milk. cheese. Yes. Dove's milk, yeah. So, yeah uh, so, you know, sometimes you'll have, the bird will have its, well, I have to say the scientific term is the bird titty. And another bird will get caught and, and, and get embarrassed. And then that bird will cry and the other bird will make a fart noise. And that's a supportive sound. So, so we really want to to emphasize that it, with your friend, which is so I'm so sorry that they seem to be seem to be mocking you, but they could be supporting you, much like a dove. Oh wow! I yeah, would that's... agree with what the doctor says there. I think they're trying to support you, really, with those noises. I think it's just a sign of them trying to get more attention from you, and they really like you, and they want to get to know you even better. That's what it means. Yeah. Oh, this is a great perspective to bring back to my co-hosts slash best friends. So now. I do have to ask, are either of you familiar with the Prince 1984 classic song, When Doves Cry? Oh, it's, it's, my fa- it's my favorite track. It's probably my favorite song of all time. It's funny you bring that up. It's what got me into bird watching in the first place. Really? Mm-hmm. That's inspiring. Now, this song is supposedly... Well, Prince at least says, or some sources say, inspired by his relationship with Vanity Six member Susan Moonsey. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm certain that Prince himself was a, a you know a fan of, of a fellow of bird avians, lover, a, a fellow, fellow bird lover. lover. Well, I, let me show you. I have a tattoo of some of the lyrics on my arm, actually. Uh, this is something that Dr. Yarn and, and I have, have really connected over. Yep. Dream if you can, a courtyard, an ocean of violets in bloom. Animals strike curious poses. They feel the heat, the heat between me and you. Now, animals, clearly. He says mm-hmm. it right there. It's He's... literal animals. Animals, that's what he says. That's what he says. And I love, that's how we met. We were, we were going to, we met at a conference. We, did, we talked about our, our shared love for the song When Doves Cry. We actually have the lyrics. So part of the lyrics are on my back, but they finished the lyric on her back. On so back. When, exactly. So when we were standing side by side or laying down on our stomachs, you can actually see Read the whole the piece. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what happens there. It's beautiful. I think that love story is beautiful. I was very surprised when I tried to book uh, you, Dr. Needle, on the show, and I called the number um, listed, uh, and it was actually Dr. Yarn, and it just happened to be that you know the uh, the head professor of avian studies at at USMSF is in a, a an amorous relationship with the president of the American Bird Watchers Association. Well, doves do mate for life. They mate for life. And I will say Dr. Yarn and I mate for, I would guess, once every two months or so, and then we go see other people. But uh, but we mate for sometimes, right? Yeah, it's part of our lives. Part we of we our mate lives. for part of our lives. We, we definitely do lives. that. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. I agree with that 100%, my love. My love, Last I swear. For now. Oh. Mm-hmm. For now. It's beautiful. For now. What makes you cry? Mm. Personally. Wow, 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 That's that's something. That's a something question there. That's a something question. Um I I mean we were just talking about this the other night. Um about crying. Um I'm not I'm not in favor of crying. I haven't really cried since nineteen eighty seven. 
when uh, Prince broke up with Susan Moonzy, who you just mentioned on the other previous reference, um, that made me upset because I knew they were very close and they were it was a special relationship and inspired the song that I love. So when I found out they broke up, I did cry, but that's just the one time that I cried in my life. Wow. I would say for me, um, I cry because the birds commonly known as pigeons are actually named rock doves. And I think they should be named rock and roll doves. <laughs> oh, that's such a positive spin on that. And that makes me upset. And when I really think about it, I start to cry. I could see where that would affect you emotionally, yes. <laughs> well, thank you both so very much for being on this interview segment uh, to talk about the song, but more importantly, the actual natural phenomenon, When Doves Cry. And you've given me a lot to think about when it comes to myself and my own relationship with my co-hosts. So, Godspeed. Bye, bye, honey. All right, and uh, uh, Jan, I'll see you later tonight. Yeah, see you, Needle. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You two refer to yourselves. I do actually, you know what, before we, uh, I, I turn off the tape, one thing I just noticed is you both refer to yourselves by your last names. Hey, we're Needle and Yarn. That's what that's that's everyone knows this is Needle and Yarn. Uh, that's such a good point. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be Chris uh, me... and Susan. How boring. Boo. 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 No, no. That, not, no. <laughs> now they're making the farting sounds. No. Wait, is this, is this you trying to show your affection for me? Possibly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, uh, you even got the got your uh, your your guest to start making fart noises at you, huh? Bueno. Thank you so much, Maria. As I've recently come to learn, those sounds that may seem belittling or mocking to some might, in fact, be sounds of affection. Great, totally, yeah. All right, now, uh, number one cool guy in this room. I'm ready to hear about Pour Some Sugar on Me. Yeah, it's very exciting. I'm very excited to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, go to the tape because we brought in, as I mentioned, two very special guests. So let's, let's go right there. Very interesting conversation about sugar. I am the doctor here, Dr. Much of the Einstein Medical Center. And I am Sally Smenchkin. And I will never, <laughs> and I will never leave this room. I am having, I am staging a protest in this, in this room. I'm staging a protest because of all these people who are trying to demonize sugar. And I want to say right now, sugar is good and sugar is right. And I'm tired of people demonizing sugar. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to ask her a question. Is that okay? I'll allow it. Thank you very much. So why, why this, this protest? Who are the people demonizing sugar? Oh, you see it everywhere. Sugar is addictive. No sugar. Sugar destroys your teeth. Now, you know sugar was used as a medicine for centuries? It's true. Sugar was used as back to the 9th century in Iraq. Do you think that 19th century Iraqis were wrong? Hell no. It was combined with fruits and spices to make medicinal syrups. And then British doctors prescribed sugar to cure a range of diseases. One 18th century physician even suggested blowing sugar powder into the eyes. You think that's bad? Hell no. Wasn't the mortality rate in Iraq at that time around 65%? I think that's not because of sugar, surely. Okay, fair enough, I guess. All right. Uh, Dr. Dumuch. Mm. So... 
what do you have to say about people demonizing sugar? What is, what's your opinion on sugar? Do you feel like it's a bad thing, a good thing? What are your feelings about it? Sugar is the most abominable substance I know of. Ooh, it rots your teeth. It is It is unhealthy, and it absolutely must not, under any circumstance, be poured over one's dermatitis. Dr. Dumuch is such a problematic person. He's always refusing to call me a doctor just because my doctorate is in theology, a, a, a field which I no longer care about. So I, I'm not, <laughs> but, but I am a doctor. I did my thesis. It was on Jesus Christ, which I no longer worry about. So I, but I believe to be respected here. Now, and now I, you may think sugar is bad for your teeth, but what about brushing your teeth? That hurts the teeth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Brushing your teeth is healthy for the teeth. All right. Now, young man, go ahead and put your arm out. We're going to pour some sugar on you. Under no circumstance will we do so. Let's just put maybe just a little bit of sugar, maybe a little a little teaspoon of sugar. Let's can we start there, Dr. Dumach, and see what happens. Okay, but first, if we're going to do this, yes, we can pour sugar on one arm, but first, I must examine the other arm to ensure that it is a valid other what's the the term in the experiment for the the control the control group. who's control? the doctor here i am i wrote another paper about jesus might who's jesus's friend that was my control paper that i wrote i know stuff about science i'm a real doctor so there <laughs> all right so i'm inspection is complete this arm is a healthy arm it is a suitable control all right so as you know during the end of recording the album Hysteria, during a production break, lead singer Joe Elliott was jamming a riff. <laughs> Which is where this song came from. Now I believe this riff could only have come because he was eating a Laffy Taffy at the time it tasted that sweet sugar. Now as I'm pouring this on you, I want you to think about the joy of sugar and how much your life is improved by it. Here I go, I'm pouring it on your arm. Doesn't that feel good? It looks pleasurable, if I could dare say so, Dr. Dumuch. What feels better, though? The arm that has sugar all over it, or the other arm? I'd say the one that has sugar all over it, no? Now, let me ask you a follow-up question. Which do you think is happier, cats or dogs? Preposterous! It's clearly dogs! Answer the question, answer the question, yes. What do you think, cats or dogs? Oh, I'm sorry, cats. Cats? Yeah. Uh, It's definitely dogs! What? Because cats can't taste sugar, so they're angry all the time. That's the point. Cats don't have a sweet tooth. They can't taste sugar. They are unhappy and miserable all the time. Do you think you would want to do that to human beings? It is precisely because cats can't taste sugar that dogs are happier. They lead healthier, more... Wait, hold on. Think about it. This is, this is... Think about it. Oh my god. Wait, cats can. Oh my goodness. My life's research. It's it's gone to nothing. Dogs are clearly happier, and I've never been able to figure out quite why. Only now that I say it out loud. My God. Let me read you a few lines, Dr. Do Much. Or should I say, do not enough? Love is like a bomb, baby. Come on, get it on. Living like a lover with a radar phone. Looking like a tramp, like a video vamp. Demolition woman, can I be your man? You think you're gonna say that about salt? Hell no, only sugar. I'm having an existential crisis right now. Put your arm out, doctor. Let me pour some sugar on you. I'm scared, but I'll do it. 
my god. Did you hear all the dogs coming? Eat him, boys! No, 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 no! no. I was right the whole time! Go on! Holy shit! <laughs> Did that, did that guest just die? Wah, 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 wah. This memento mori reminds me of how precious every moment that I spend with both of you is. Oh, God, I just, why? Why are you like this all the time? Why? Why? Come on, Let's, Spence. Give it back to us. Just give it back to us yeah, a little just bit. Lighten We're just trying up. to nag you. Come on. Say something positive. Just Come say on. something happy. Like a happy, quick energy thing. Like a quick Yeah, thing. give us some energy. Quick hit. Quick hit. A quick hit. Okay. I say I'm like this because I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. And I'm so sad already. When God, you two invited me to be on this podcast, it was at a time oh, when no. I had lost oh. all five of my siblings. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Goodness gracious. And my parents. Wow. I know that that boat went off into the distance and never came back. It was so... Sad. Uh, and as they all left, they were doing the fart thing. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, they say that there wasn't enough room on the boat. It seemed like there was enough room on the boat. It was a pretty big boat. <laughs> well, I guess we better wrap up this one. We've learned a lot. We've grown. We've all changed. We've all uh, learned a whole bunch. We learned a lot about the song Zombie. Thank you so much to uh, to my guests, the Zombie Cowboys, for teaching us about the true meaning of zombies. Super thanks to um, our folks who came in, um, Dr. Uh, Do Much and uh, Sally Schmunken. Schmunken, I believe. Uh, sometimes I've... Yeah, I was a little sketchy on the spelling of that name, but Schmumpkin. Um, great to talk about the sugar and all the goods and bads. And we learned a lot of goods about sugar today, which was really mm. positive. And, uh, you know, thanks to Doctors Needle and Yarn for their insights both on bird feelings and people feelings. Yeah, that was a cute one. Uh, Thank you so much. For next week, look forward to Tearing Up My Heart, the NSYNC classic. We'll be speaking to a cardiologist. We'll be doing Singing in the Rain. And for that one, we're going to talk to... To both a meteorologist and a professional singer. And mine, I'm really looking forward to this now. I hope I'm reading this right, but it's going to be all about that bass. And we're going to have some fishermen come in <laughs> and talk about that next week. Looking forward to that as well. All right. See you next week. Yay. Yay. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yay. Thanks for listening to Music Literally, the only true podcast about actual music. And really, the only true podcast. We'll see you soon, by which we mean we're watching you. This has been Made Up Talk Show, part of the Let's Hear It Network. Have a podcast or podcast idea and want to get involved? Visit letshearit.network. That's letshearit.network.